Welcome to the Border Collie Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Martina, obsessed like you about Border Collies and dog training. Follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success. Hello, Border Collie Geeks, and welcome to a new episode. Although if you're listening to the podcast, you can't tell, I'm actually videoing and not just recording my video, my, my voice. And the reason for that is that I'm going to repurpose some of this as um, social media, maybe even YouTube. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but I'm trying new things just to give more to people that might not want to listen to the full podcast. I might just, um, you know, co- just record some little clips and and then um, post them on social media and make them a bit more bite-sized. Is that how you say it? Well, um, so this episode comes to you from actually a social media post I've just made. And someone asked me, please, can you do a podcast episode about this? Which means that I can spend a bit more time talking about it. And I decided, yes, why not? That could be my next podcast episode. Um. So, I probably have talked about these things already if you were at my um, free webinar, which by the time this podcast is coming out, um, I've already probably, yeah, definitely, I've already ha- um, had the free webinar. If you haven't registered for that, it's going to be available eventually as freebie um, to all of you. So if you haven't registered, don't panic, there will be eventually available on my website because it's going to be a um, free webinar for everyone that wants to know more about Border Collies, their traits and why they are, how they are and what we can do to actually, you know, live a better better life with them. Um, Now that I'm recording me and I can see myself, well, I don't normally do it because when I record with guests, I normally look at their face only, I don't see myself. I'm actually moving my hands a lot. Um, (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, that's something that probably you didn't need to know. Um, so, this podcast episode is going to be about things that are or not Border Collie breed traits. And, yeah, I don't know why I've not done this episode first before, before now. Um, I see this all the time on, you know, groups and, you know, everyone say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're like this because they're border collies. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're like this because they're border collies. And every time I'm like, "Mm," I'm cringing because I'm like, no, actually, that's not really because they're border collies. Um, So today I'm going to talk about things that are definitely, for me, you know, myself, and I'm going to give you the reason why I think that they're not border collie traits. The one that definitely are border collie traits, which are still possibly... Okay, we're talking about, you know, behavioral or training problems. Um, Some that are definitely border collie traits and that's why they're giving you problems. And there's something that stays in between as well that they might or, you know, some of the things that might be more common in border collies. They are the common in border collies because of some of the characteristics that make border collies what they are. 
and this is what I've already I talked about already on the on the on the webinar, if you've been on there. But they they doesn't mean that they have to be bred, or they have to be considered normal traits. Okay, so I've got them all written down, and I'm going to try to go through all of them. Um, so the first one, and I think is the most important one, um, which I see, and not just dog owners, but even some professionals, um, is reactivity. Reactivity to other dogs. Let's start with reactivity to other dogs. So sometimes I hear saying, oh, yes, you know, my dog is a border collie and he reacts to other dogs. It's, it's normal. It's a breed trade. Actually, no. Um, for me, it's not. Now, the reason why border collie can be more commonly reacting to other dogs is because sometimes they don't like some breeds or the way breeds approach them or the way the breeds other breeds or other dogs um you know relate to them or try to interact with them because they're quite particular how they like their you know interaction to be but it doesn't mean that everybody calls like that or they're bred to be like that it's just that they live on farms and they spend their, most of their life with dogs they know. And even when they get sold to other farms, it's the same thing. They have their kennels, they have their work time, they might have some free time. They don't have to get along with other dogs sometimes. Um, and I know of dogs that live in the same farm and don't get along with each other. It's not a big deal. But normally they're not aggressive to other dogs. And if they are, it's just bad temperament. It's not breed trait. That doesn't have, it's not a breed trait. Breed trait means that it's been bred in them for a specific reason, okay? So if you come to me and say that your German Shepherd doesn't like other dogs, well, they're guard dogs. They they like, you know, they, they're not bred to be sociable um, because they're not living all together all the time, yeah? But if you come to me and say that your Beagle is breed or your Border Collie or your Cocker is actually dog aggressive. Those are not breed traits. Their dogs actually have to live together with other dogs and work together with other dogs. Sometimes, you know, living in the same space, traveling in the same place, the same car and working at the same time, spending a lot of time together is not a breed trait. If you say to me, your Pitbull, um, it's aggressive to other dogs. Yes, that's probably a breed trait. It's been bred into them. Um, or they're suspicious towards other dogs. Yes, there are some breeds that might be suspicious because they are guarding, so they have to be suspicious about other things that are not known to them. But definitely not border collies. You know, reactivity and being scared, being aggressive to other dogs is not a breed trait. It's bad temperament, bad breeding, maybe bad breeding, or simply, you know, sometimes I have a reactive dog and it's not bad breeding. You know, I know his mum, I know his dad, and I love them, and I would have another one, knowing what I know now, knowing that he has the potential to become reactive to other dogs because of being a bit scared and worried about the dogs, not being able to communicate properly with other dogs. But I know all his brothers, all his sisters, and they're not all, you know, aggressive. He just came out like this. It's personality. I would never call him bad breeding, but there are definitely breeders out there that don't care and they would breed bad temperament and that's bad breeding. Um, and sometimes it's not even breeding. <coughs> Sorry. Sometimes it's not even breeders. Is you know, someone has dogs and decided they want to breed them. That's not a, breed for, a breeder to me. It's someone that doesn't really care 
what they produce and who the puppies go to. They simply breed two dogs they have without taking into consideration that temperament is something that is genetic and it will pass on. So yeah, so if reactivity, being scared, being fearful of other dogs is definitely not a border collie trait. And the same goes to people. Border collies shouldn't be aggressive and reactive to people as a breed trait. If your dog is aggressive and reacting to people, doesn't mean it's not a border collie. It just means that personality makes him aggressive and reactive to people. But that doesn't mean that it's a breed trait. Yeah, they do guard farms sometimes. And by guarding, I mean that they will give the odd bark um, to, um, you know, people coming in. They will give, you know, the alarm bark to people coming in. Some of them might even not like people touching them or approaching them, and that's fine. Um, but it's not that it's bred into them to be like that. It happens. It's personality or specific lines. Now, talking about my dogs, which I can, you know, I live with. I've had four in my life. And the only one that could be, you know, fearful, suspicious, or is Moss, is the only one. My other three were, you know, and even Tay is a bit funny with other dogs, but he gets used to them and he's never going to harm anyone. He just doesn't like dogs in his space anymore. And that's, you know, he's free to do it. He's free to, you know, be himself. If he doesn't like dogs in his space, he doesn't have to have dogs in his space. And, you know, my other dogs are perfectly fine with people, are perfectly fine with... We're talking about people, not dogs. Um, we are perfectly fine, sorry. Talking about people, I just got confused a second. I got distracted and confused because I'm looking at myself. That's the problem. Um, and I can see a reflection in my glasses and that's annoying me. So, yeah. Um, no, definitely with people, none of mine. The only one that can be a bit suspicious is Moss. And that's specifically when it comes to uh, people having to touch him. So the vet, um, it's one of those things. If you meet Moss out and about and you say hi to him, he'll come and have a scratch and say hi to you and even jump on you or steal the treats that you have in your pocket. So definitely not a great trait to be fearful of people. And talking about being fearful, being suspicious of people, again, is not a border collie trait. Yeah, I've seen something recently, I don't remember where and who, um, talking about the fact that border collies, it, it's, it's a breed trait to be suspicious about things in the environment. I don't agree. Um, border collies have to be actually quite safe in the environment. They need to be able to go out on their own, collect sheep, cows or anything. They need to be able to run on Paddles, rocks, sand, beach, um, ride on a quad, ride on a tractor. Um, and a lot of them nowadays, they have to travel to trial. They have to be in vans. They have to, you know, be at big events. You know, if you think about it, you know, all those agility dogs, obedience dogs, um, you know, they shouldn't be suspicious about things in the environment. Now, if you have a dog that is suspicious about things in the environment, you have a sensitive dog that has been bred, probably it's in its lines or her lines. Being suspicious is a temperament thing about your specific dog or your specific line. It's definitely not a border collie trait. None of my dog is... Well, none of my dogs. Again, yes, I think 
probably the most suspicious is Moss. Again, he's got that kind of temperament, but I can trust him in the environment. If he's working especially, he doesn't really care. Um, he will never bark at people. Jock every now and then decides that he might bark at someone that is not 100% sure what they're doing, who they are, but he happens twice a year. He's not regular. Abigail was very, very bomb-proof. Tay with, is not suspicious about many things. Um... I can't remember him being suspicious of anything, is not definitely a breed trait, being suspicious of changes in the environment. Being alert to changes in the environment, register the change in the environment, and then, you know, take into account, it's one thing. Being, take, being alert of something in the environment, actually becoming suspicious about it, and then show behaviours that tell that the dog is suspicious, is not a border collie trait. Is just the dog that has that temperament. And it shouldn't be a border collie trait. They should, to me, be. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a dog. I want the parents to be. They see me for the first time in their life and they're like, you're my best friend. No suspiciousness. And I want, and I ask this question all the time. If you listen to my other podcast, you'll know. And I ask the owners, how are they when you go to a new place? How are they when they hear a new noise? How are they? And, and normally what I get back is, fine. Fine, fine, fine. I want a dog that is fine and they should be like that. They are not actually, they shouldn't be dogs that lack of confidence. Um, again, something else I've seen recently, someone that says that, you know, they, they're dogs that lack of confidence. I don't know if I ever worked on my confidence. I, I've always worked on my dog's confidence because that's what I do when I get a puppy, but I've never had big issues on confidence. But I've seen dogs lacking of confidence in my life. Either dogs I've lived with, you know, we have one that we bred, um, or dogs of students that really lack of confidence and has not been worked. Um, and my dogs never show that. Now, again, I go out and look for dogs that have specific traits, but again, it shouldn't be about a college trait, lack of confidence. You know, I don't want a dog that is scared of running somewhere because they don't know what they're going to touch with their feet because that's not something you can afford if you have to collect some sheep into the onto the moors or you know in the marshes or um on a hill or anything you know lacking of confidence is not really you know dogs that have to be able to stand up to a ram to stand up to a ewe with lambs to a dog to 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 cattle to 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 any kind of livestock really no you don't want a dog that lacks of confidence and I don't think that if that's happening, it's not bred purposely. So it's not a breed trait. And the other one, which is another big one that I've seen many times recently, is border collie being scared of kids. It's normal that the border collies are scared of kids. Now, if you've ever been on a farm, normally majority of farms have kids around because they're multi-generation, you know, farms and there's either grandkids or because the farmers are directly, you know, parents and they have kids. And actually, all my dogs, no, not all my dogs, but um, for, for reasons that, you know, the last breeder from Tay didn't have any kids and we were under lockdown. But it's quite normal that actually kids is one of those things that colleagues that are bred in farms get quite exposed to. It's quite normal. Um, that might not happen if your breeder is actually a urban breeder. Or, you know, it doesn't have kids on their own. But um, it, it's. I think it's less common. So, again, it shouldn't be a bit trait. 
Um, now, I don't think that there is any br any breed that has been bred purposefully not to like kids. Um, but um, it could be, and this is where I think there's a middle ground between it's not a breed trait, but it could be more possible than other breeds. They definitely might not like kids because of how kids move and how kids behave sometimes and how their voice is. And there might be some dogs, and I do definitely have at least two out of my four dogs, um, especially Moss again. He doesn't like kids. Um, Jock can be a bit suspicious of kids at times, but it depends on the kids and depends on the situation. And if you introduce him to them, that is fine. Um, while my Abigail and Tay, they don't really care about kids. And I know a lot of Border Collies that live with kids, love kids. And it all depends how you bring them up. You know, I never had a chance to actually work on it with Moss. And he still doesn't like kids because I don't have kids. I don't have them in the family. Well, no, I don't have them in the family. I've not had them in the family or around me while Moss was at the age. Um, I'm sure that if I had them, I could have worked through it and he would have been fine. It's just something that is suspicious. He is one of the suspicious dogs that if he doesn't know something, he might be suspicious. But again, his temperament is not because he's a border collie. Um, so these, I think, are the main things that to me are not breed traits, but they're often um labeled as labeled as breed traits. Now let's go into what it's breed traits that can cause problems, but they're definitely because you have a border collie. One is being obsessive. They are obsessive. I've said it so many times on the podcast on this podcast before. They are obsessive. They are they they get obsessed by things that you can't even imagine a dog being obsessed about. And if you don't have one, you can't even realise how crazy obsessive they can get. Water, Jock is obsessed by water and bees and everything that you drag on the floor. That being a, bru a brush, a, br a broom, a rake, your own feet. When you're trying to collect something with your feet, he's obsessed about that kind of movement. Don't ask me why. So you will circle, 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 get very excited and try to bite whatever it is that is moving. Um, is like that with water, that being a sprinkler, that being a um, tap, that being um, the hose, that being, you know, anything really, anything that is running water, you will get obsessed. Thankfully, it's not the same with rivers and lakes and the sea. Is not. He will run up and in and out, in and out, in and out. He loves it. He loves to run in water, but he doesn't get obsessed about the water itself, thankfully. Um, and yeah, so Moss is obsessed by small wheels. He doesn't care about big wheels, cars, bikes. He doesn't care. But if it's a small wheel, yeah, that's an obsession. Obsession. So that is wheelie beans. That is wheelbarrow. That we. That is. Um, Low mower, he definitely gets obsessed by the wheel and he bites the wheel to stop it and he stalks it like it's an animal. Uh, Moss is obsessed by a, a cat, one of the two, not both our cats, just one. Um, so, yeah, they do get obsessed by things that you don't even know that dogs can get obsessed about. Um, now, definitely, border, and, and that can cause a problem, yeah, because sometimes they get obsessed by things that you have no control on. And they get out of control very quickly. And talking about control, they are controlling as well. 
they want to control these things and they think that it's their job to control things and this is where most of the problems with border collie owners comes is because they get so controlling about certain things then you know it becomes an obsession and then it becomes something difficult for you to control because they just feed their obsession through doing that thing over and over and over again and the more they do it the stronger it gets so that but that's you know and even you know jock i would say the jock is my easiest border collie he's easy to train he wants to do things for you he loves nothing more than to do things for you but um he still gets obsessed very easily and that's it um so being super active it's another big thing they are dogs that are bred to work if asked to all day they never stop until they drop and sometimes they never stop until you force them to stop sometimes they never stop until it's time is that time of the day where work is done in the farm and they stop so yes being super active can be an issue if you can't give them that activity now i always say i don't super exercise my dogs they don't my dogs don't get walk three four times a day that's not about what i'm talking about i'm talking about they, there needs to be a balance where they get to use their energies at least two three times a week and i've said it many times and really burn their energies down and they need to do activities like sports where they can use their energies in an intense way agility hoopers um can cross um fly ball whatever but they need to do some activities that will burn their energies and if you don't give them that, if all you give them is a walk at the, at the park with nothing else, nothing high energy, nothing to burn that amount of energy, um, then that can be a problem because then they have that kind of surplus of energies that they don't know what to do with it. And then that's when they start learning new obsession and becoming uncontrolling. Um, and that energy is not only a physical energy but it's also brain energy sometimes so yes you have to burn their brain and mental energy somehow so training needs to be part of their life feeling 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 useful needs to be part of their life they need to feel like they've got a job to do for you um that's what they're bred for so it's something that they need definitely um and i've already said well, there, there's one thing, actually, in my list that stands to me in between being a trait and being not being a trait, which is sensitivity. Sensitivity is, it can be sensitivity to noise, it can be sensitivity in general, even to the pressure of people or the pressure of the environment. So, <clears throat> border collies have to be sensitive. Why? Because sensitivity is part of biddability. Someone might disagree with me, but how to say this? So biddability is that ability to, you know, a dog that wants to do things for you. And <clears throat> I actually have a dog which is very biddable, and I wouldn't call him a sensitive dog. So he's not noise sensitive. He's not handler sensitive. So if I put a bit of pressure when we work in shift, for example, it doesn't shut down or stop working. But he still have that sensitivity for the breed he is. So he's not a dog that, you know, um, if something happens that he's not very keen on, he might go a bit panty or a bit like 
not anxiety because it doesn't have anxiety, but it, it can be a bit like, oh my God, mom, what, what's happening here? Yes, if he knows that the cats are doing something, for example, he comes to me, jumps on me and say, the cats are doing something. I know you're going to shout now. And he doesn't like me shouting at the cats, for example. So he is sensitive in his own way with me, particular. Um, not with the environment, for example. He's very sensitive with me. But again, sensitivity can be sensitivity to different things. Like Tay, for example, is very sensitive. So too much pressure for Tay might means that it just goes a bit silly because it doesn't, it can't take the pressure. And that's the pressure from other dogs as well as from myself. Um, not that I put pressure on him, but, you know, if I need to ask him to lie down with sheep and I have to, you know, I don't know. Not that I need it, because he doesn't need it, but it can be very sensitive. So if I'm shouting, for example, at Moss eating food on the counter, because he does, then Tay gets worried because I'm shouting at Moss. A bit like Tay, a bit like Jock, but, you know, a bit more than, than Jock. Um, now, when sensitivity to me is not breed trait, is when it can't... Again, it's not breed trait, like noise sensitivity. They have to have a good hearing. They have to be able to hear at distance. They have to be able to you know, to, to hear you telling them what to do at distance. But to me, that doesn't mean that all of them have to be noise sensitive. Thankfully, I've never had a noise sensitive border collie. I've had border collies for nearly 20 years. My first one, Abigail, she was the most sensitive of them all. She wasn't a working dog. And she was noise sensitive, but she became noise sensitive due to experiences she had. It wasn't just... She didn't come to me noise sensitive. So... It happened that someone threw one of those, they're not fireworks, I'm not sure how they're called in English, but it's, you know, they make a lot of noise, they chuck them on the floor and they explode. And it happened like a few meters from us and I had Moss and Abigail. And I was worried about Moss because he was like four months old. Moss never became noise sensitive because of that. But Abigail, since that day, and it, a loud noise when we were outside, that it was very close, she would panic, she would run to me. Wanted me to put her back on the lead and then wanted to go home. And that stayed with her for the rest of her life. So if I was outside and there were fireworks, bangs, she might worry a bit and want to go back home. Um, but then never transfer to, for example, shootings or other loud noises. She might be a bit noise sensitive when something was falling on the floor. She might, you know, jump and, and, and be aware of there was a noise. But it wasn't to the point of panicking about it. She had that kind of slight noise sensitivity that I think is acceptable in the breed, but without being a problem for her or for me. Um, my three boys have no noise sensitivity whatsoever. I can drop something heavy. There can be shootings, fireworks, explosions, everything going off. We had, you know, like jets flying just above our heads and everything, and they don't really care. So, and again, my three boys, although Moss and Jock are related, they do come from all different lines, and I make sure that when I pick a line, I ask, are they noise sensitive or not? And the reason why, again, it's not a breed trait, it's not bred in them to be noise sensitive, but it happens. Because if you live in the middle of nowhere, you don't have fireworks around you, you don't have shootings around you, um, then you might not know that your dog is noise sensitive, and you breed that dog, and even if it shows noise sensitivity, is not creating an issue to the way that the farm runs. So they are bred and that noise sensitivity passed on. Um, there are some breeding programs in the world that ask 
at least one of the two, if not both, to actually be sound sensitivity proved so that they are proof that they can that they can they can you know bear to stay there while there's shooting going on or loud noises is not of course the case if you're breeding farm dogs and it's not definitely a case in the UK not for the kennel club not for um, the ISDS they don't they don't really care you know it's not something that is considered that they should be be test tested for I think they should I think nobody should produce noise-sensitive dogs. But being noise-sensitive to the point that it's impacting the dog life is not a breed trait. It happens more often on breeds that are sensitive and on breeds that are bred to do a job that doesn't require to not be noise-sensitive. So you would expect that a gun dog that has been bred to work on shootings shouldn't be noise-sensitive. They still are. Some of them are still are, but they shouldn't. In border collies, is not something that is requested for the breed, um, so it happens, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be happening, because some dogs then live a hell of a life, not hell of a life, a hellish life, um, because they are noise sensitive, and if they're sold on to be pets, that's sometimes even worse, because cities and towns and families are noisy. So yes, a lot of dogs, a lot of border collies are rehomed because they, the noise of a city, of a town and of the family they live in is too much for them and they start showing behavioural issues. Um, because they're bred to be on farms when sometimes there's not as much. There is noise in farms, don't get me wrong, but it's not continuous as in a town or in a city. Or um, in a family with 10 kids. Well, I'm exaggerating it, but yeah. So, yeah, sensitivity has to be part of the breed. There is, I, I do like a dog that has a little bit of sensitivity. Most, for example, is not very handler sensitive. And that has made a lot of issue because he, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's not very sensitive in general. So nothing really phases him ever. And sometimes that's great, but sometimes you make a very tough dog. Um, so a dog can be sensitive, non-sensitive, but suspicious at the same time. So he's a bit suspicious and he's a bit fearful about dogs, but he's still very, very, very non... He's not sensitive about the environment. Um, and definitely as a young puppy, he wasn't sensitive about me being frustrated and angry because he wasn't doing what I was asking him to do. I wasn't a good trainer yet. I learned with him, so I did a lot of mistakes and I was, you know, angry at him when he was doing something that it was out of my control at times. Um, we all come from somewhere and he didn't care. And I think when I started learning how to actually deal with him, I, I became a better trainer and then we became better, a better team. Um, but yeah, so a bit of sensitivity is okay in Border Collies. You want a dog that can you know, have a connection with you and, and be a bit sensitive, but you don't want a dog that is too sensitive to the point that they can't cope with noises and they can't cope with pressure and they can't cope. Pressure is a big thing. I, I might one day do a episode about pressure and I might invite Eva and I have, I have in mind exactly who is the person I want to talk about it with. Um, because it's a big, it's a big thing. It's a bit topic and People scare talk about pressure. Border Collies work with pressure with sheep, work with pressure when they're trained. Pressure is a thing that Border Collies should be able to sustain. 
And when I say pressure, I mean just the pressure of, okay, I'm blocking you now. You can't actually carry on here because I'm sending you the opposite direction and I'm blocking you and I'm putting pressure on this pot. Um, they should be able to cope with pressure. And if they're too sensitive and they can't cope with pressure, and I've seen this before, um, they actually give up and they go away from sheep. They don't want to work if you put pressure on them. That's not a good border collie to me. That shouldn't be like that. So if that's the case, that's not a breed trait. That's someone that bred the wrong temperament again. Um, it shouldn't be bred. They shouldn't be too sensitive. Um, and of course, everything is always different. Everything is always... Um, it depends. Yeah, it always depends. Depends how you bring them up. Depends what experience they had when they were puppies in the litter. Depends how their mother was. Depends on a lot of things. We, we, we know so much more nowadays. We know that a lot of dogs come out as they come out because of things that are out of sometimes your control or genetic. You know, it happens because of the way they're brought up and they become too sensitive because of that. Um, so it always depends. And of course, a dog that would cope with the sensitivity is enough to cope with certain environments that doesn't mean that they are okay in every environment um so in my home would be fine maybe in your home it wouldn't that's a possibility you know i don't know maybe one of my dogs in a in a you know jock and and tay didn't grow up in a city so maybe they would not be suited to a city because i think they're not sensitive but you know jock came with me to a city to to milan few times Tay never and uh, you know I never took him to a city so it might be that he's actually not suitable for a city life and he's actually more sensitive than I think but again everything depends on the situation you expose them to I don't think he's too sensitive um to the environment or to the pressure or to the, no the noise but I never really exposed him to the extremes because we live quite a quiet life um so I hope that was useful and I would really love to hear your thoughts about it. And the way you can reach out to me is by sending me an email. Or even better, if you come on my social media. Um, I'm using TikTok a lot at the moment. I'm actually enjoying it. So you're welcome to join me on TikTok and, you know, follow me on TikTok. If I get to a thousand followers, I'm going to start doing lives where we can have a chat. Um, so I'm trying to reach a thousand followers so I can actually schedule my first live on TikTok. Um, so I would like you to join me on TikTok, follow me on TikTok and comment. And if you ask me a question, I will make a video to answer you. And you can do the same on Instagram. Um, although Instagram is a bit dif more difficult to do these things than TikTok. Um, but I'll, I'm doing it at the moment on, on Instagram as well. I will answer questions and post it there. Normally, if I can, I post the same video in both places um so you can you can look at it and of course my facebook group is always active it was shut down for a bit is now active again now i'm not sure the moment you're listening if it's active or not we're going to shut it down every now and then to take a break but it's the border collie geek learning hub it's got a new name um although the link is always the same um but the name has changed to reflect what we want to provide in the group which is more learning rather than free advice because we decided that actually give free advices to dogs we've never seen before. It goes against our ethic and professional points of view. So it's going to be a learning place. So we're going to provide for learning in forms of videos, questions. And yeah, we, we will answer questions. But of course, 
if we decide that that's a behavioral training on training advice that you need to see a, a professional then we'll tell you that but the group is still there so you can come and actually if you want to come and suggest a podcast like has been done on instagram today suggest the podcast episode if i like your suggestion i will do it um and if you want to ask me questions that you know might be good for social media i will make a video um to answer your question so try and come and interact with me um i'm trying i'm trying to use um social media tiktok and instagram a bit more facebook is just going to tag back um and and share the same content if i can um so I hope it was useful and let me know what you think and I will talk to you soon. Um, it's possible that the next podcast episode I'm going to have some news about the farm. Um, things are happening this weekend but I don't want to say anything in advance. I'm going to say when actually it has happened and I will um, I will share it on my, of course, social media but I will probably share it a bit on the podcast on the next, next episode so you all know where we are and if you're waiting for me to move closer to you um you'll know where we are with the moving and everything it's going a bit yeah i think it started going fast now hopefully um talk to you very soon bye hey border collie geek let me tell you about my membership the collie club is my membership my online um, academy and you can join it from everywhere around the world there's no um, time zone you can join and watch the video from everywhere you are and you can um, join our live video either early in the morning or late in the evening in the UK depending on um, the week so we have a bit for everyone depending on your time zone we have people joining from all over the world um, we have an hub um, that counts now um, 17 or 19, I can't remember how many modules, but you will find them um, um, on, um, on the description that you'll find on the website. And we have so many videos, um, tutorial about every exercise that you can think of. So you've got recall problems, we've got it. We've, you've got lead walking problem, we've got it. Um, you want to teach your dog a distance down, we've got that one. Um, you want to stop your dog reacting to cars, that's definitely a main um, topic about it. We have nine webinars and every time I run a new webinar, you get to access it for free. So you don't pay any extra webinars that I run uh, normally. So you get access to all the webinars I've recorded up to now, which are, yeah, probably nine. Um, you get me as a coach um, to watch your videos and give you feedback. You can ask me any question any time of the week. Um, the more question and the more video you share, the more I can help you in your training journey. Um, I don't hold back. I give everything I can and I problem shoot with you um, any type of behavior issue that you might be having with your dog. Um, so join the Collie Club. There are different options of membership, whether you want to commit for longer or you want to try it out for a month and decide if it is for you or not. You'll find a link in the show notes to learn a bit more and I'm really hoping to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Border Collie Geek podcast. If you want to know more about my work and how I can help you with your Border Collie, visit www.thatwilldoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.